Dr. Matthias Holwig, thank you very much indeed for talking to Judge Business School podcast series today. Uh, you've written a series of papers on the UK car industry and, and, and a lean toolbook for the manufacturing industries. Does the UK still need a car industry? Well, that entirely depends on what you perceive to be a balanced economy. Um, for the last 10 years, we've had seen a major shift from manufacturing towards services under the uh, um, general notion that car industries and <clears throat> metal uh, and manufacturing industries are indeed a sunset sort of type of industry. But actually, if you look back um, uh, through the recent crisis, you could very strongly argue for a balanced economy that needs both manufacturing and services. So I would strongly argue that we still should retain basic value-added manufacturing uh, in, in the UK, in fact, in any other country in, in Europe, because relying on services alone is a very dangerous strategy, as the recent crisis has shown. But isn't that rather an old-fashioned argument that you're propounding, almost like the Wilson government uh, and, and sticks and carrots of, of the 60s? Um, how does the motor industry compare with that of the 70s and 80s? Is history repeating itself in any respect? Well, two points here. First of all, uh, the car industry is not a sunset industry. In fact, we've, we've seen a very steady growth in car production globally uh, of, at the very least, 2.5%, depending on how far back you go in time. And the UK is buying two million cars every year, and it's making one and a half. So um, it's already net importer. So there's clearly demand for this product. And I just don't understand why the UK shouldn't take part in this this globally growing industry. And we're, we're, we're about to have a, a billion vehicles on the planet emitting a quarter of all greenhouse gases. So this industry has global importance. 90% of personal transportation relies on it. 95% of all goods transported rely on motor vehicles. But you mentioned carbon emissions. Actually, this industry has a desperate need to change and to adapt. So the car industry, as we know it, can't continue as it is. Yes and no. It's a very slowly moving industry. Um, always remember, a quarter of all cars that will be on the roads in 10 years' time have already been built. So the, the lead times for change are very slow. And the big problem we have, the big uh, uh, sort of a double whammy, if you wish, is that the industry at the moment is suffering from overcapacity and poor financial results, yet has to invest in these new technologies that are emitting or are more energy efficient and emit less greenhouse gases. So you're absolutely right, we need to change, but that change will not happen overnight. It's a very slowly moving industry. Motor vehicles are complex. It's not just about carbon, it's also about safety, it's about affordability, given that our economies rely on it. So this change is a drastic one, but it will also be a slow one. But does that compare to the 70s and 80s, that period of transition and change? No, the uh, 70s and 80s saw a change of a different kind. Uh, that was when the, uh, for the UK, uh, and specifically, uh, for th that's when the UK industrial landscape changed very much from a, a national car industry towards a foreign-owned uh, car industry, basically on the back of the failure of British Leyland. Uh, the 1980s then saw the, uh, the Japanese coming to the UK, setting up very productive plants. So what we had in the 70s was poor industrial relations, poor quality, poor productivity, which changed to a foreign-owned car industry that's as productive and as competitive as any, anyone else in Europe, um, but is under foreign ownership. Does that foreign ownership matter in any respect? It, safety of people's jobs, price comparisons with you know, units of production with here and, and in Europe. Does it matter who owns it? It does indeed, because these plants that are in the UK are part of global manufacturing networks. And because the UK doesn't have a, 
uh, a national champion. R&D operations tend to happen abroad. So what this means is that the competition that UK plants have with their counterparts is fundamentally different from those in France or Germany, um, where there's a home market and there's a natural tendency to produce in the home market. Uh, the UK, in that sense, is, is competing on par with anyone else in the world as an assembly location, and that's fundamentally different from competing as the home market. What is that difference? Because does that... Uh, most people would think the bottom line was the security of jobs. Sure. Well, so what is the difference? The difference is you um, you are deciding where to make your next motor vehicle. If it's a high-end vehicle, you are prone to host that in your uh, home country where all the R&D operations take place. If you're making a volume car, it doesn't matter whether you make it in Slovakia or in the UK. In that sense, the UK plants face much tougher competition than their, um, many of their uh, continental counterparts. And in that sense, the, the jobs are less secure in the UK than they are in, on the continent. Okay. Now, now you were actually a, a member of uh, an automotive industry panel. Uh, could the UK manage its relationships better with the car industry? Well, this is one of the key points that we are putting forward, is that the uh, UK car industry is on decline on virtually every indicator that we looked at. And one of the key um, criticisms that we uh, found in our survey of UK industry leaders was that the UK government seems to have an ambivalent attitude still towards the car industry. And we're saying, if you want to retain it, you will have to fight for it. Every other government is fighting for it at this point in time. Uh, Germany is sending ministers of all levels to Detroit to talk to the GM leadership about the future of Opel. Uh, the, uh, the car scrappage scheme in Germany is 12 times the size of the one that the UK government has offered. So governments are doing a lot. And we are saying if you want to retain the industry in this country, you'll also have to do a lot. OK, you've got to do a lot what can be done? <laughs> so let's do to, to the specifics. Um, an automotive council is the first uh, recommendation we uh, we suggest, and that would be a, a high-level body that brings together industry and government and allows for these topics to, to be discussed on a frequent basis. Uh, that is what happens on the continent, and that, that should also happen here. Industry feels that they don't have a point of contact to talk to, and uh, that means that the UK government's reaction has been very much reactive as opposed to proactive, as you would see it in France or Germany. That's recommendation number one. Recommendation number two is that um, as we are facing the shift towards uh, low-carbon powertrains and fuels, um, we are recommending to establish a testbed in the UK where the UK should become one of the most innovative markets that demands these products, electric vehicles, hybrids, whatever this, this new technology might be, because that decision has not been made yet. But if we make the UK an attractive market for manufacturers to come here and experiment, that in the long run will establish the UK as, uh, as, as an R&D location for the shift in powertrains. I mentioned earlier the Wilsonian, for those who are old enough to remember, stick and carrot approach to manufacturing and encourage people to locate here and, and employ British workers. Could we see a return to those kind of incentives to get jobs back to Britain? Well, I mean, this is open knowledge. If you want to establish a car plant anywhere in the world, you can expect about $500 million as subsidies. Um, that's the same whether you, you set up camp in, in Eastern Europe or uh, in, in the United States. Uh, Hyundai received $100,000 work, uh, $100, per worker uh, that they employed as subsidies to, to locate their factory in the U.S. So... 
Um, this is open knowledge. If you want to have these large-scale employers, you will also have to meet the, uh, you know, the, the, the conditions that other countries set out for attracting them. And this is partially financial subsidies, but a, a huge part of it, and that's always misunderstood, is also non-financial. And that's where the Automotive Council comes in, to finally establish this close um, link that the government has not been able to build with its industry. Okay, so how long, in your view, has the British car industry got left, if nothing is done? Well, if nothing is done, um, the, uh, the, if you extrapolate the trends and you assume nothing will change, uh, we've got less than 20 years. Uh, at this point in time, it's not just the General Motors Europe factories that are under threat, but many others face stiff competitions from other countries that have lower labour costs and um, are providing strong competition for UK uh, or for products that are currently made in the UK. And uh, this is not just a question of improving. This is a question of reversing a trend that's clearly pointing downwards. And that's what we're saying is if you don't do anything, it will go. Uh, if you want to retain it, the time is to act now because it's already hollowing out, whereas a lot of suppliers are leaving. And it's fragile. It's competitive, but very fragile. And it re requires decisive action at this point in time. So what do you think the selling points are for the, the uh, global car industry for the UK? If you had to say, come to Britain because, why would they want to? Well, there's two main, main points. Number one is it's a car market that buys two million cars a year, mostly imported. So clearly there's demand. The closer you are to your customer, the better you can serve them, the less logistics costs you incur. Point number two is the... Uh, the UK's main advantage is flexible labour. That's what all manufacturers that are producing here at the moment are confirming to us. Flexible labour, the ability to adjust capacity up and down. And it's this flexibility that will attract people to come here. Matthias Holwig, thank you very much indeed for talking to Judge Business School podcast series today. Pleasure. Thanks.